Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Too Legit to Crit, a show where two nobodies talk about tabletop role-playing games because we've got nothing better to do. My name is John Santana. And I am still, once again, Justin. That's still Justin. Still hasn't changed. That is, that is... I'm, I'm glad to see consistency in <laughs> yeah, you, Justin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. I've been consistent with my name for 35 years now. That's that's a good track record. Right? Yep. <laughs> so, how, how are you just... Are you feeling particularly festive this past weekend? Have you been... No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I've just been enjoying the time off work, if I'm completely honest. Have you not, have you not gone down to London and waved the Union Jack? No. No, I haven't. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed, I... Justin. <laughs> have you? Well, I'm Spanish. I'm not English either. <laughs> no, that's my excuse. I'm a Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I'm South African. We got independence like a while back. I can't give you the exact date because we don't really care about it. But well, we got at, it. at one point we were the enemy, so <laughs> yeah, we got to keep that one quiet because we got fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you rolled that one on your uh, war check. I'm- I, we did, we did indeed. Mm-hmm. But you know, now we've got good old King Chaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's exciting times here in the UK, where very few people actually give a shit from what I can tell. Yeah, that seems to be the overwhelming um, thing I've, I've established. Is some people either give too many shits or no shits. There is no in between. Yeah, yeah, I got that as well. Mm. Um, I think where he's been, a, let's just say, a bit of a polarizing character over the years. <laughs> um, it it's has, one way of putting it. That's one. Yeah, no. <laughs> him and his brother. <laughs> Although his brother is substantially less polarizing. Yeah, I think it's, there's only one way to feel about that one. Yeah, yeah, there is. There is. <laughs> I noticed he wasn't looking after the kids. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so yeah, it's Very six quickly. episodes in, and we're we're gonna get cancelled. Yeah, that was uh, we had a good run. Uh, <laughs> I was bound to say something eventually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was gonna be one of us. My money was on you. Um, My money was on me as well. Yeah, yeah it's where yeah. the good, it's where the safe money was. Let's be honest. Oh, uh, one, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Could not agree more. Yeah, you you were definitely the odds-on favourite for that. <laughs> <laughs> So, what have you been doing in the tabletop role-playing sphere this past week? Um, so, the stuff I've been doing has been quite indirect. Um, so, obviously, last episode we talked about the new character that I knew playing the Warlock Twins, right? Yes, we did. Um, I wanted to do something that I've never really done before, but I wanted to kind of um, do more on the role-play side of things with this character. Um, and obviously, as I've said on previous episodes, I have a couple 3D printers. So I started 3D printing a staff top um, to go onto some leftover PV pi- PVC pipe from my desk, like my table build. Um, so basically, I've taken all of the previous episodes worth of stuff, right? And I've compiled them into what I did this weekend for this episode. Um <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so all of the leftover bits from previous episodes led me to this point. Um, 
So essentially, I've got a, a length of PVC pipe that is like the perfect length for a staff. Um, and browsing the one of the many websites that has a lot of like downloadable 3D printing files, I found a really cool um, like staff topper. It's got like a crystal and all that sort of thing, like really, really nicely held. Looks really, really beautiful. Um, and the the guy that designed it was like 5 million IQ because he designed it with all of the like slots and grooves and holes to run wires up for LEDs. Okay. Um, so you can light this like crystal inside, right? So that you can give this crystal like a glow. Um, so I've done a, a test build. Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to send you a photo now because once again, I've been good and I've kept it all under wraps. I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you too. So I'm going to send you a picture now. Where are you sending it? Are you sending it via Instagram? Over on over on the gram, yeah. Over on the gram. Over on the gram. So I'll send you a picture over there of the staff oh. topper. Holy shit, that's elaborate. Right? That is really cool. Yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of the staff topper. Um, I've I've still got to paint it because uh, obviously I've just it's just in the the black PLA plastic that I printed, and then I've done like a a really thin white for the crystal, which is hollow. So when I do reprint it for the LEDs, because this one doesn't have the LEDs in it, um, this is just like a, a test fit because it's, it's quite a fiddly piece to put together. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of like make sure I could put it together and I'm not a complete idiot. Um, so I've built it and I'm going to put that on top of a staff, um, which is going to be made for PVC pipe because I found a really cool um, method for taking PVC pipe and a heat gun and a Dremel, which are all tools that I happen to have lying around um for some reason can't possibly be because i do a lot of crafting with foam um and you can take a pvc pipe and essentially turn it into like a wooden staff right so you can use the heat gun to kind of like mold it and twist it and kind of give it like some natural shape um and then use the dremel tool to kind of like scuff it up and give it wood grain down the the length of the the pole Um, okay yeah and it kind of gives it like a proper like wood texture, especially once you paint it and then you start like, you know, you do all your dry brushing and your, your, your washes and, and whatnot and whatnot. Um, and you get a really, really cool um, finish doing it that way. Um, so that's the plan. So at the moment, I'm at the point where the staff topper is done um, and I'm going to start on the actual staff bit this week, probably. Um, and hopefully by the next time we record, I will have the staff built and ready to be painted. I think it, it looks really cool. Um, it's almost torch-like. Yeah. It's kind of got that um, that sort of shape to it where you've got the crystal that's been supported by by three sort of um, uh, strands, for want of another word. Um, yes. it is uh, It is really cool. And as we speak, I'm actually uploading it to our to, Instagram. To our Instagram, yeah. yeah. That was the plan. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited for that, um, and it, it, it kind of brings me to a topic I want to talk about a bit later on, which is uh, cosplaying at the table, um, and just just kind of having a chat about that because it's something that I will be experimenting with in the near future. Well, yeah, I look forward to talking about it. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on cosplaying at the table. Mm-hmm. All right. What about um, yourself? What have you been getting up to? Not a massive amount. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, kind of had a bit of a filler session on monday with the homebrew as Mm -hmm. i'm as i'm still writing the the 
the casino heist. Yes. Um, I'm thinking of taking some inspiration from Blades in the Dark. Um, from that, and not really solidified how that's going to manifest yet. Mm. But it's it's definitely something I'm I'm toying with more like a. A narrative structure as opposed to to anything mechanics wise yeah um so i've been prepping that but also we've got this convention coming up next week uh, sorry this week now this week now, um yeah. so that's been a whole bunch of prep i can imagine yeah um but it's one of those things that today i kind of thought oh shit i've got all this to do and all that to do and then i kind of looked back and went wait a minute I've got everything on Obsidian. Mm-hmm. I've printed out any maps I needed. I've printed out any tokens I need. I'm actually doing quite well in terms of prep. <laughs> I think right now the what I need to do is kind of go over the adventure a few times just so I've got it kind of Yeah, f- f- just kind of familiarise yourself with it all. Yeah, so I think that's yeah, kind yeah. of the last step. But that's going to be at the weekend. So my games for this week and probably next week just been cancelled because I've got 20 plus hours of gaming at the weekend to get through I mean there, there are worse reasons to cancel your game there are there are indeed um, I'm cancelling you know, because too many games <laughs> cancelled because of the coronation <laughs> yeah so yeah that's been that's been my week in a nutshell I've still got still got prep to do but you know, I'm quite confident that I'll have everything ready by by the weekend. That sounds good. I'm, I look forward to hearing all about the convention and how it all went. Yeah, it's a it's a cool um, cool adventure that I'm running as well. Haunted mm. house. Um, I do love a haunted house adventure. Cosmic sort of horror, which I've been <sighs> really getting into lately. Not yeah. only with Delta Green, but you know, just reading up on some stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm um, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, sounds good. Right. So, shall we talk about some news? I think we shall. Okay. I think that's a good have idea. you have you got anything for us? Of course I have, because I definitely did my homework. No, oh, well, it's always good <laughs> for you. <laughs> for once. Um, so yeah. So the first first thing we're going to have a chat about is uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, revealed a bunch of stuff at their Creator Summit. Um, last month which some of it I'm really excited for some of it I'm hoping isn't just uh, saying for the sake of saying um, and some of it I'm kind of uh, I saw coming and now they've kind of made it official which I kind of was like I've been saying it for ages and now they've done it um, so the, the first bit is the bit that I'm really really hoping uh, happens is um the the support for schools and clubs that they they announced so they're looking to put a bunch of initiatives in place to support dnd for kids students uh schools stuff like that um and putting together like kits for like teaching um and stuff like that for like in in these schools um and like art school club kits and things like that and obviously with with you know young kids um and you know one of our good friends and someone who listens to the show quite a lot actually uh their their eldest uh, is in an after school D and D club, so this kind of thing would be really really cool for for them, you know, to get that support from you know the the creator as well. 
Um, and they're also mentioned something about putting a D&D Beyond educator license together. Um, so I'd be really intrigued to see how that uh, kind of works and, and pans out. Um, and then the other bit that I um, saw, the bit that I saw coming um, and they've kind of now announced is that they're, they're looking to make D&D Beyond kind of the front door um, for all things D&D on the internet. So anytime you need anything D&D specific, obviously, um, they're gonna, everything's being migrated over to the D&D Beyond website. So you're not going to have to go to like 50 different websites to get, you know, this ruling or that ruling. It's all going to be under one roof, which would be quite nice. Um, but I, I called that way back when they first sort of bought D&D Beyond that that was going to be the case because it's a really good tool, really good website already. Um, and then for them to be able to integrate everything into that one place just made sense. So I, I kind of saw that one coming So I'm glad that that's been announced now. And it's no longer the ramblings of a... <laughs> some conspiracy theorists like well I think they're going to do this yeah they're doing it so I was right yeah <laughs> um, and then also the uh, the introduction of a marketplace for third party creators on D&D Beyond so you'll be able to actually sell your homebrew stuff through official channels which would be pretty cool that's I mean yeah that's I mean I'm definitely interested in the the, the sort of school and mm. and clubs thing because I've been I've been an advocate for quite some time um, regarding the the sort of positive uh, benefits that you can get from from this hobby. Yeah. And I at one point I think I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who is was at the time studying sort of child psychology and and working with schools in in order to to kind of to help certain kids along and we were actually discussing this um and how beneficial tabletop role playing can be for the development of of kids yeah so i do that i do you know i do, i do find it encouraging that they are that they have this that. initiative and yeah. you know i i hope it's something that takes off because you know you, you never know with these things whether they will or they won't um, but I do hope it is the case because I, I think the benefits far outweigh any sort of um, downsides yeah absolutely so and and you know and the 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 it's also it's good business as well to be honest yeah like looking at it from from a cynical business like point of view put, put, put your cynic hat on for a minute <laughs> yeah it's my cynical my cynic hat never really comes off I know it tips from time to time um, <laughs> but in this case it is it is good business practice yeah you know get kids invested in the hobby from a young age yeah exactly that and also by by doing it through like the the D&D Beyond tool as well it, it kind of gets them, they're not only getting into the hobby from a young age, but they're getting used to that tool and that interface as well. Um, so then when, when they are older and, and they want to play a game, that's the one that's going to default for them because it's the one they've learned. Hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, all, all around it, it it's it's going to be good for, for them and for, for the hobby as a whole. Yeah, we'll just have to hope it takes off. That's... Yes, that's, that's going to be the, the telling moment, I guess. Yeah, so fingers crossed. Wish them all the best in that regard. Mm -hmm. Right, so on the other side of the proverbial pond, 
Um, Pathfinder is yes. getting a Diablo-like hack-and-slash video game based on the RPG's most popular adventure, Abomination Vaults. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> You're more of a... You are more of a video gamer than I am. Um, yes. I, uh, don't, I dabble, but I I've don't really... I've also played really... a crap load of Diablo. <laughs> there are a couple of videos out of it, and mm. it does actually look kind of fun. It looks really good. <laughs> You know, because, you know, it's not going to be the first video game um, that Pathfinder has licensed to a company. Mm -hmm. Um, The others being um, Kingmaker and... Ah, I've completely forgotten. Was it Wrath of the Righteous? Sure. Something like that, yeah. (laughs) Which have been really well received, but they're Mm -hmm. different. They're more like computer role-playing games yeah yeah they, they were more the, the stereotypical kind of rpg uh, whereas this is going to be that sort of action rpg um which is it's very different um but i think pathfinder especially will lend itself really well to it um just because it, it it kind of already like the tabletop versions of pathfinder already kind of play a bit like an action rpg um, so I think it'll be a really good mix putting the two together like that and it's a great adventure they've chosen as well um, I'm currently running it for my Wednesday game mm-hmm. it is it's a dungeon crawl but there is so much sort of narrative to it Yeah. that it, it doesn't feel like oh we're just gonna go on this level and do this go on this level do that there is an arc to it there is a story behind it and it is it is phenomenal. I'm currently we're currently finishing up book two, just about to start book three. And it is a meat grinder. Um, I think six character deaths so far. Only six. In a book and a half, that's pretty good. Go. <laughs> that sounds about right for you, actually. Yeah. I, I don't know where you. I don't know where you're. You're getting this horrible reputation that you are tarnishing of, me with. Of the two characters I've had in your campaigns, one of them died. I've got a fifty percent death rate in your campaigns. Oh well, I mean fifty. It's fifty-fifty. I mean, you know, you can't really. <laughs> it's a coin use flip. That for any empirical evidence whatsoever. <laughs> I'm sure there are other people out there that will be able to back up my claims. No, there aren't. <laughs> They're all dead. <laughs> They're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's right, because they're still in campaigns and they don't. They were, they were, they were hoping for spoilers. They all clicked off the minute you said they're not getting any. <laughs> not that. They just kind of went, yeah, I'm not fucking interested and <laughs> did better things with their time. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, that's also a valid point. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to to trying this yeah, this new definitely. Pathfinder game. Um, and it is only one of two that were announced. Ooh. So I'm definitely wondering what the next one will be. Yes. And I, I'm excited for it. Um, you know, it's a style of game I enjoy playing as well with a setting that I enjoy. So it'll be good to, to kind of put the two together, I think. Especially for, well, for me anyway. I'll, de- I'll definitely be giving it a go. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, I mean, and in news of uh, 
new content for, for things. Uh, Green Ronin Publishing has announced that Fantasy Age Second Edition is going to get a wave of new content. Uh, you mentioned now, that a few episodes ago, didn't you? The, I did. the age system. I did mention the age system a while back. So it's a system that I've played around with quite a bit. There's been a lot of um, kind of game systems based on it uh, because it is very, very, it's a very simple system at its core, right? It's 3D6. So it's very easy to pick up and play. It's very easy to understand for people that don't really know like D20s, D10s, D12s because it's, it's that kind of jargon that like unless you're in the hobby, if I just walk up to a random person in the street and say, hey, what's a D20 thing? I'm looking like I'm a fucking idiot. Right. <laughs> in our um, town, they probably think it's some sort of drug. Exactly. Right. Um, whereas if you just say like, yeah, you just need six dice, people are going to go, oh, sixty. Or like, you just need three dice. Most your average person is going to go, that's three d six, right? Because, well, that's what we would say. But <laughs> actually, no, yeah. we'd probably go which dice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah like the average person when you when you say a dice, you know, dice to an average person, they, they think of d six, and the fact that the whole game runs with just three d six is really really good. What I'll do is I'll tomorrow I'll go into town and ask people if they're interested in a in a three d six system until mm. I get arrested. Yeah, I, I give it. Actually, I mean, no, you won't get arrested. It's like we we live in a town where you probably wouldn't get arrested for that anyway. Uh, Fair. <laughs> Very fair. Um, but no, like the, the content's really exciting. So um, there's a, a five-part adventure series, a, a new bestiary, um, and a nautical-themed campaign setting, which we all love a good boat setting, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> so it, it's going to be really, really interesting um, to see how, kind of what these do and, and how they kind of tweak things. Um, there's also going to be some there's some new horror rules as well being added to the game um which i know obviously you've been playing and interested in in the horror thing you were just saying a fair bit so that might be interesting for you to have a look at okay yeah i'll definitely take a look and yeah as i said the the new five-part adventure which is the the lost isle of the pirate queen uh take the characters from level one all the way up to about 11th or 12th level through this campaign so it should Mm. be pretty good series is also easy to modify to suit a group style and provides a lot of additional background Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely definitely interested I'm always I'm always on the lookout for for new systems to try but the problem is I'm normally the one who has to GM them I'd never really get to play I can GM you a Fantasy Age setting, so that's fine. Yeah, please. We, we can we can please sort do. something out. Um, the only thing with this is it's so- a story we're going to have to report on again because there are no release dates for these products just yet. So as soon as we have those, we'll let you guys know. Yeah, definitely. Um, de- I'm definitely interested in the Nautical campaign. Mm, yeah, it, looks, it sounds really good. You know, it harkens back to my failed <laughs> but soon-to-be-restarted Skulls and Shackles campaign. Dude, I really want to play Skulls and Shackles again. Yeah, I'm I'm converting it to second edition. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, so you know, yeah, it's a it system a really I enjoy. I there is a a book called Smoke and Sail, and it's on Pathfinder Infinite, which is what you were mentioning regarding D and D having Dinions. sort of like a third party store. Yeah. Well, Paizo have got that in the form of Pathfinder Infinite. Oh, okay. 
and they they've created like ship to ship combat rules and stuff Ooh, which is much better than the yeah the original Pathfinder first edition yeah, that was a little bit clunky mm, yeah to say the least <laughs> I was trying to be uh, what's the word uh, PC about it <laughs> it was alright for the GM it was just boring as fuck for most of the players at the table because everything yeah. relied on one player one one player yeah and it wasn't me so I spent a lot of time on Facebook back then that's, that's fair enough <laughs> But yeah, so definitely we're gonna we're gonna kind of try and, and keep tabs on this Absolutely, fantasy yeah. age stuff. And once it comes out and Justin runs me through an adventure, I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. But will he get his revenge for me killing his character? Absolutely, that's my sole aim. I mean, no, I'm gonna run a fair campaign. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> Alright, so the next bit of news, um once again ending on a bit of a a bit of a high note is that the Diana Jones Award announces four emerging designer winners mm-hmm. so the Diana Jones Awards named after the Indiana Jones tabletop RPG <laughs> award one person or event each year for excellence in gaming in the past this has included game designers conventions even concepts like black excellence in gaming or actual play Mm-hmm. The Emerging Designer Program is separate to the main awards. The awards, the winners are listed below, which I'll go through in a second. Um, but the award amplifies the voices of up-and-coming hobby game designers with a focus on creators from marginalised communities by featuring them during an expenses-paid trip to Gen Con. So the winners are Anthony Joyce Rivera... Mm-hmm. who wrote for Dungeon Masters Guild, Wizards of the Coast, Critical Role, um, Matt Coville, and Ghostfire. Mm-hmm. Aaron Roberts, Written in Blood, Pathfinder, Starfinder, and Hunter the Reckoning, which we were mentioning a couple yes, of episodes we were, ago. Yeah. Kyla Dice, Transgender Deathmatch, How to Embrace a Swamp Creature, The Infinite Dance Floor. <laughs> and Sen HHS for Pathfinder and Level Up. First thing that springs to mind... I want to know more about how to embrace a swamp creature. That's not the bit I wanted to know more about. I want to know more about a transgender deathmatch and how that works exactly. I think both of those things need Googling. Yeah, I think so. Although I'm not going to type transgender deathmatch into Google. That's how you get arrested. But I mean, my, my Google search is already fucked anyway. Yeah, you do that one. <laughs> Let's have a look. <laughs> Okay. Transgender Deathmatch Legend. You are a transgender deathmatch legend. You built your legend with a tapestry of broken glass, bloody fists and banging slams. You put the HRT in hurt and put the hurt on anyone who tries you. (laughs) Tonight you're going to smash your way across Slamchester. Fucking love the name. Because someone owes you some fucking money. This is... Is this the actual... This is an act... Oh, I think this is the actual... Alright, so this is just like a preview of the game. Right. 
By default, this is a two-player game. One player plays the protagonist. They say what they do in any scene and play cards to try and win in combat. The other player will play the facilitator, playing every other character in and out of combat. That actually seems really fucking interesting. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm invested in this. <laughs> um, so it's a hex crawl beat em up. Okay. You need a deck of cards to play with combat resolve through trick taking, through a trick taking game. I'm down to try it. <laughs> yeah, let's give it a whirl. Let's yeah. add that to the list. Yeah, we'll put that on the list. We'll, do, we'll, we'll play that between uh, between fantasy age session. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, have you found the other one? Uh, no. I've been trying. Shock horror. Look, I'm not very good with Google, alright? But it doesn't help that there's also a song with the same name. Is that? Yeah. How to Embrace a Swamp Creature is a song. By uh, The Mountain Goats. It was released in 2008. So that keeps coming up. Um, uh, let's type, try RPG on the end. Okay, found it. Yeah, I just found it as well. I, I didn't think to put RPG on the end. Okay, so it's a role-playing game of belonging outside belonging. It's a game for two to six players as you all play a group of mentally ill post-teens. I love it. Living in Swamp Strange, a commuter town wrecked by over a decade of austerity. I love All it. players share responsibility for setting the mood and tone of the game, creating trouble and conflict, sharing the spotlight and spotlighting your setting, looking after each other however you can. Yeah, we're going to add this to the list as well. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, only, it's only $15? That's a really good price. Oh, yeah, we're going to have to give that a try. <laughs> Put it on the list. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, for $15, yeah. man. You can't go wrong. And uh, the Transcendent de uh, Deathmatch was also $15. Nice. Love so, it. So, yeah, I'm cool. I'm out $30 right now. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I'll get the snacks. <laughs> Honestly, I've got to stop spending money on RPGs. I mean, no? I yeah. I mean, in all fairness, my money goes on, like... The kids, food, yeah. RPGs. RPGs. Yeah. That is it. That is my money. Yeah, Mine goes on 3D printers because apparently I can't get enough of them. <laughs> so I've I've kind of gone down a rabbit hole because um, oh. obviously going from how to embrace a swamp creature, yeah. it, it's using a system called belonging outside belonging. Oh, so now you're looking at that. Yeah. Yeah, see, this is going to get dangerous. Can I make a suggestion? Stop. That we stop? <laughs> <laughs> belonging outside belonging games are played with no dice and no masters. Everyone collaborates on world building through a community worksheet and control of broader setting elements is distributed around the table. Uh, do you know what that sounds a lot like, actually? A board game that I played a while back, which I think you'd really enjoy if you haven't tried it yet. Uh, Dead of Winter. That rings a bell. It's really good. So it's a zombie survival game. Hmm. Um, but it's so it, it it's co-op, but there is a chance that one of the party members is a betrayer. Okay. Now, obviously, the betrayer has a mission to do something that would negatively impact the 
the, the colony, right? But obviously everybody else is trying to save themselves and everyone else, right? Um, now, you can vote people out of the colony and essentially just you just kick them out um, and then they just go off on their own, right? Um, but it's like, it's just a really, really interesting game um, and it's a lot of fun to play. So I, I would recommend playing it if you haven't. Yeah, I don't really play board games all that often. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's a really good one. <laughs> I'll give it a whirl. Right, okay, so you would like to talk about cosplay. Yes. Which is something that I have no authority on whatsoever. Same. <laughs> um, basically, it's something I've always had like mad respect for the for cosplay people, right? Because some of the stuff they do is insane. Like, just insane. Um, like, some of the costumes that I've seen at, like, you know, like, Comic-Cons and stuff like that, and, and even, like, uh, Insomnia Gaming Festival that I go to, right? Um, which is all PC gaming, but they have, like, a... Uh, a kind of like a Comic-Con-type hall, like an exhibit hall, where people do dress up as, like, video game characters and stuff like that as well, and they'll go in there and do stuff. Um, and, it's like, I've always just had, like, mad respect for it, because, like, it, it takes insane dedication and skill to create the stuff that they create right um and even more so to the people who do it for their characters when they're playing like D or whatever right because uh, obviously we all play this person that we've created right this character we've created um to a degree but obviously some people take it to the next level like they'll do a, you know some of us just do like don't even do a voice we'll just play the character right that, that's me i'm one of these people i i barely do a voice when i'm role playing and stuff like that i just be me um, other people will will you know throw a voice on top of the character or, or change the mannerisms or the, like their their speech flow or whatever. Um, and then obviously you've got some people who go like whole hog, dress up in character and and role play like everything. Um, and it's something that I've always been really intrigued by because it's something that I've up until recently not had the not the ability to do, but the ability to do easily, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because obviously it's something that, like I said, takes a lot of time and dedication, and I didn't want to dedicate that time and stuff to it if I couldn't do it, right? Or if I didn't have it in me, well, not, not couldn't do it. Um, so get, getting this new 3D printer that I got and, and getting a lot more uh, adventurous in the, in the projects I've been doing um, for, for my table I thought that it might be fun with this new kind of character and this new look on role roleplay elements over gaming mechanics like kind of stance I've taken in recent times um, to take it that next kind of step and start getting into the, the actually being in character at the table side of things and I just kind of wanted to have a chat and see what your thoughts on that whole kind of thing was. Like, you know, people getting really into it at the table. I agree with you in in the sense of having respect for people who mm. spend incredible amounts of time, effort, and money into cosplay. Yes. It's something that has never really interested me. It's never... At no point have I ever gone to a Comic-Con and kind of gone, ooh, I wish I was dressed up. 
<laughs> it's you know I'm I don't see it as being something that that I would enjoy. Be, yeah, I don't see it as something yeah. I I wouldn't particularly enjoy, and that goes for role playing as well. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't come to a role playing session dressed up. It's again not for me. But I have played with people who who have done it, who've who've come in and and they've mm. put a lot of effort into into what they're wearing for various reasons. Some people use it as a form of expression. Yes. Some people like to do it because they like to to um you know get a bit of a bit of the spotlight on them and yeah. And I see it as as anything else in this hobby that as long as it's in moderation as long as it's something that doesn't become disruptive then yeah fill your boots yeah um yeah i mean it, it's uh sorry i literally got a message as you finished that sentence and i got horrifically distracted there uh <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where like I, I've also I've had people like even in my in my current game um, we've got somebody who's not doing it like uh, like whole hog right but they're, they're playing uh, an elf character and and they do wear like elf ears and stuff like that um, and it's it's just one of those things that like it's it's always kind of it's always interested me but it's never interested me to the point where I was like yeah let me give it a go. Um, yeah, um, I I kind of see that. Um, yeah. Again, I, I don't think it <laughs> it necessarily adds anything to the game, but mm. it does add to the experience of the game. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly which that. you know can can only really again as long as it's not being done obnoxiously and yeah. Um. It it's only it can only add. It can only be enjoyable for a paladin to turn up wearing a suit of armour. Exactly. And yeah, that's what someone did in one of my PFS games. Oh, for real? Yeah. he actually, And he was in two minds about going over the road to the, to the nearest store to buy some snacks and whatnot. And <laughs> of course I convinced him to do that. Yeah, standard, standard. And well, um. yeah, he came. He came wearing wearing a suit of armor. Yeah, and it was it was fantastic because you know you walk away and whatever happens in the game, you'll always remember. But you will always remember the session as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I thought it was fantastic. And you know, if you've got someone in in one of your games who comes wearing Elfias, encourage the person. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know. You know. And. It's because they're they're also they're, they're quite new to the hobby, right? This is their first game that they've ever played. Is, is this game, right? Mm. And I, as somebody who is more experienced at the table, I'm not going to say experienced at the table because we both know that that's not true. <laughs> um, more experienced at the table. The last thing I want to do is is be you know one of those people that's like, well, why are you doing that? You know, don't do that. That's stupid. Like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that guy. And it's something that I've never tried before, so I don't. I can't. I feel like it's one of those things as well that until I've done it, I, I can't really give an opinion on it, if that makes sense. 
No, um, I, yeah, I, it does make sense. Um, like, <laughs> and just for the record, if you are one, if you are that guy, stop. If you are that person that's gonna yeah. oh, question yeah, people yeah. Yeah. deciding to to cosplay a bit for a tabletop role playing game, fucking stop. Yeah, just exactly that. Just don't be you for a bit. It's how they have fun. Let them have fun. Piss off. <laughs> it's not harming anyone. Um, exactly, and I think that's 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 the kind of honestly. I think if if you take anything away from the two of us rambling on like freaking <laughs> morons on a weekly basis, right? It's that unless it harms the game, who gives a shit, right? <laughs> if it's not harming anyone, it's not going to get in the way of things. Just let people have fun. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Um, and I think as well, like it, it's like th- this in particular for me is something that I I think it might actually help me uh, with the whole getting into character thing because um, I mean we, we've discussed it quite a lot, uh, you know, in previous episodes that you know how I, I struggle with the, the role play element of the role playing games. Um, <laughs> um, you're not the name, Justin. You are not the only one. There's, oh no, I know. It's quite common. Um, <laughs> and I think it's it, this is one of those things. Like it, it's a part of the game that I I really want to devote more effort towards. Right, is getting into into a character and and not not becoming the character that that's a bit maybe a bit bit hopeful at the moment, but like. Just, just differentiating between me and and this person, like this character, right? Hmm. Um, or even differentiating between that character and that character, like after a you know a character death or or you know somebody is written out or some of that. Being able to so that when you're sitting at the table, they're not just like oh that's Justin's wizard or that's Justin's cleric or whatever, right? Um, that when you're talking in character, it feels like it's that person. Do you remember um, when we first started in in Scott's game? He had that skull. Yeah. That he used to bring and say, and basically said, if you are talking out of character, you need to do it with your hand on the skull. Yes. And nobody fucking listened to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That I that last bad. that lasted for all of five seconds. I feel, I feel bad about that one. Like, yeah, yeah, all right. Whatever, sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure, okay. Scott, if you listen, we're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry, Scott. But I, I, I do get you. And I think part of the problem, or, or part of your struggle, should I say, to get into roleplay is because you're still playing D&D, which is a system that you know. Mm. that you know the mechanics of so the moment you start building your character you immediately go to the mechanical side of things yeah i think to develop roleplay you need to be dumped into a system that you have no fucking clue what's going on like my little rat folk dude in your 2e game yeah, <laughs> yeah he yeah. was so stupid yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was fantastic. It was, oh, it was brilliant, but it was stupid at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, something like that, or something where, you know, your only option is yeah. to say to the GM, this is what I want to do, and the GM is the one who's going to say, right, this is how you do it mechanically. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I, I get what you're saying. I think I think you are right because, like, like you say, like it, it's very hard for me to have that disconnect of mechanics and role playing in a system that I know as well as as you know as Five E because the minute like I start coming up with a concept, my brain immediately locks itself to this archetype, this subclass. That you know, it, because I know that that's that works, right? Yeah. Um, which is honestly which is what i've tried to not do with this warlock that i've created right um my warlock was very i i, I kind of went down the list and i didn't choose the optimal route i didn't i deliberately didn't choose the optimal route i chose what i thought would be cool instead um and and honestly it, it's actually one of the characters which is part of the reason that i felt it's the right one to start doing this with it's one of the first characters in a long time that i've built and been excited to play outside of combat yeah um because every other character i've built i'm like i can't wait until that first combat um whereas this is the first character since i would say quill you know the the rogue Rogue, that lived in the tree uh Which which only happened twice. But... I wonder if he's still up there. Of course he is. She is. She was a she. I keep forgetting that. It's my character. I keep forgetting that. Um, but I think since Quill, this is the first character that I've built that I haven't built around combat mechanics. It's... That, for me, is a symptom of the, the 3.5 sort of family of systems yeah um pathfinder kind of encouraged that sort of optimization route because if you didn't you'd create something useless yeah Um, which which i did experience as well um hmm. i don't know if you remember that grappler that i built um in your skulls and shackles yeah i remember that yeah yeah was that that one i killed uh no it was the one before that that you killed that's what brought in the grappler ah okay yeah yeah I should have killed um, that one. You should have killed the grappler, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, honestly, I, that was that was also the last time I played Pathfinder was that grappler. And I think it was because I had that not not disheartening moment. That's not that's not the right words. I don't think. I think I had that realization that unless I build mechanically, it's not gonna work. If that makes sense. No, it it completely makes sense, and that is now kind of seeing it from from afar that yeah. is what I consider to be one of the major pitfalls of Pathfinder first yeah. edition and I know there's going to be a group of people out there oh no you can't say that yeah. complaining of <laughs> course there is you know um, try me see if I give a fuck <laughs> but I think I think honestly as well I think that's probably the the moment I would say that probably set me down a bit of a power gamer route is I never wanted that to happen again yeah um, and it, it wasn't any fault of anything other than I had a concept that the mechanics didn't support. No, the mechanics were really against you on that one. I, I exactly, remember. Exactly. Yeah. I um, remember looking at it up and kind of going, "Is is really is that really what you want to do?" Again, yeah. because you know um, the the system fostered that sort of mentality. Yeah, and I think it's it's only recently that I've kind of managed to to snap myself out of it because. Um, or not even snap myself out of it that's, that's probably the, the wrong words but convince myself that it's okay not to do that 
Um, and honestly, I think it's what's done it. And I, I'm going to encourage a lot of people who are in that mindset to do this. Play with new players and watch what they do. Right? Because that's that's what kind of made me decide that this is okay. Not, not decide that this is okay, but like experiment with this, right? Is the table that I'm playing at now is a player who's never played before. A player who hasn't played in like eons and is coming back to the the you know the hobby because his his wife plays like is is starting which is the the new player. Um, another player who has only just really started playing you know this year, um, and somebody who has been playing as long as I have but has only just started DMing. So the whole table is very new at what they're doing, um, and he's also DMing in a system that he doesn't know. Right, because I mean, you know who the DM yeah. I'm talking about is. He do- he doesn't know five E. Right, he comes from a Pathfinder background, so he's learning a system whilst learning to DM, which is cool. You know, there, there's there's learning curves there. Um, we've had a few bumps in the road, but we've had chats about it, and we're all on the same page, so it's all good. Uh, which again is something I would really recommend. If you have issues at the table, be a grown up, have a conversation. Chances are, they'll welcome the feedback. Um. Or they'll tell you to fuck off. Either or, but either way, you get your answer. They either take the feedback and you, you know, your game improves, or they tell you to fuck off and you go find a different group. See, I'm I sit on my ivory throne, so <laughs> you know, you can, um, you can shove your feedback up your ass. But the 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 point I was making was, um, you know, what watching what these new players have done with their characters is they haven't built them mechanically optimally, but they've built them to what they thought would be cool. And they're having fun. That like, yeah, they they might struggle in the odd encounter, or they might struggle in the odd uh, like scene because they don't have the, um, you know, they don't have the right spell for that situation prepared because they weren't expecting it. But you know, that's like experience teaches you that, right? Like I know that if I'm playing a cleric and there's th- this is very likely going to happen tomorrow. I'll prepare different spells to what I would normally have prepared because I'm expecting this to happen or whatever, right? That's just experience. But going through, like, uh, one of the new players, the the, the half-elf, um, you know, that she's playing a, a sorceress. And the spells that she took when she built the character, she took because they they interested her. She thought they would, they would be cool mechanically. And... Like from a from a power gamer point of view, they're not they're not good spells, right? But the way she's used them and the way that she's used them with the group has been really cool and really interesting, and it's actually led to a couple of really cool moments where, like she like one of her spells is to to basically enchant a quiver to to do like some some extra bits and pieces, right? Yeah. Um, and she did that to the fight because, like, for a sorcerer as a whole, that's a really shitty spell to have because obviously, sorcerers in five e can't change out spells and all that sort of thing, right? Because they get their magic naturally through their bloodline or like however they, they've they've attained it, but it's like a natural part of them. Um, so doing something that would affect arrows is not really beneficial to a sorcerer because no sorcerer uses arrows, right? But she has the spell and it, the, the logic of, well, the magic comes from within me. I can't control what spells I have. And having the spell and then finding a way to use that, 
to benefit in a situation was really cool and I really enjoyed that um, and yeah I think having those kind of moments where they're choosing things because they think it'll be cool and then finding a way to make them cool in the game uh, kind of made me look at the way I play and go huh there is a different way to do this yeah there is and it is I agree with you in, in the sense in, in, in the sense of watching new players because you know new players don't have the sort of mechanical savvy to 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 in in which to focus their characters they only know is this is my character this is an avatar for me and this is what i want to be doing etc etc yeah and yeah so when you bring in new players they're the ones that for the first few sessions are just going to be kicking the tires yeah finding out what shit they can get away with and what they can do and having a gm that will um cater roll, to that roll with is, those punches yeah yeah is is yeah like like we had with scott yeah scott was brilliant scott was, was fantastic yeah. i mean we, we joke and say the amount of shit we put him through but we <laughs> did we tried but yeah time and time again he'd just kind of go yeah all right if that's what you want to do let's especially do it. like some of, some of the shit you guys pulled after i moved the way <laughs> was like I, I got regular updates. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, um, I, I do have to kind of take the blame on a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> what I what I would recommend in order to, to kind of change your sort of focus on, on role-playing, mm. and this worked for me, and it's not something that I did consciously. I... I did it it garnered a laugh and that for me is like crack yeah so i did it more and more and more (laughs) and what i did was basically sell failures Mm. so when i rolled a natural one it wouldn't be a case of shit i've missed it would be i'd come up with this weird random happening that he's done like he i don't know he fucking slipped over and cracked his skull or Stub, stubbed like his toe as he stepped forward <laughs> and I garnered a reaction from the table for that oh see my that issue with that is I rolled too many nat ones to do something like that I'd run out of fucking yeah, shit after uh, one yeah you've got to come up with get chat GPT up yeah I would literally I was about to say I need to get like chat GPT or something crit like that crit failures like, just non-stop crit failures give, give me 5,000 crit failure please <laughs> And then next week we'll do 5,000 more. <laughs> oh, no, that's just for the first round. <laughs> but definitely, cosplaying at the table, it's not something I would do, mm. but I'm I'm definitely in favour of it, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And I can't wait to see your, your project. I, was gonna yes. say, I can't wait to see your stuff, but that would sound it's, it's sexual. Well, it, I mean, yeah, but it's it's it, well. That's the thing as well. It's going to be more than just just the staff because that's just the starting point, right? Hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm planning to do the staff. Uh, there's a few other bits that I'm looking to print for it, uh, but essentially, I, I am looking to eventually have this whole character kind of um, built. Yeah, in like not on paper. <laughs> if, if that, uh, yeah. If that. <laughs> yeah, completely. Good. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure of the the right phrasing for it because obviously cosplay is not something that I've done. Um, but yeah, like I, I essentially want to have this entire character um, fleshed out in, into a, an actual like thing that I can I can you know put on and and, and 
do at the table and I'm looking forward to it it's really exciting for me do you know what my gripe would be if someone did that at my mm -hmm. table I'd feel worse when I killed their characters um you see I, I personally wouldn't care because I've got the 3D printer and the tools to make a new character <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone puts all this effort into dressing like their character and they get I don't know Phantasmal Killer See, which takes my... them just completely kills them like my... <laughs> yeah that's my take on my take on dying there though is just um, make better choices <laughs> yeah but I mean there are the death effects in Pathfinder yeah, Second Edition yeah, yeah. kind of take choice out, out of the equation <laughs> Well, no, they put themselves in that situation where they could have died. They didn't have to. Uh, i got to love Phantasmal. <laughs> I, I got two characters in two games with Phantasmal Ooh. Killer in the same week. <laughs> oh, that's brutal, dude. Yeah, it was. It was pretty fucking brutal. <laughs> and the the chances of, of, it actu of being able to pull it off mm. are really slim. It's one of these... You need to really fuck up. <laughs> and the first time it happened, I just went, um, um. So yeah, you did. <laughs> Wait, no, no, nope. Oh. What about nope? <laughs> nope, you, you did. And yeah, so that wasn't well received. <laughs> it was a bit funny, I'm not going to lie, but it wasn't yeah, well received. But I would have felt ah, so. I would have felt worse had they come dressed up as their character. Hmm. Not a lot worse, but a bit worse. <laughs> oh, it'd be funny though. Right. <sighs> Shall we get a question? Fire away. I know we've got one because the person who sent it in told me <laughs> earlier at the at the pub that they put in a question, but they wouldn't tell me what it was. So. I know, I know, and I refuse to tell you what it was. Yeah, once so I, I, have, that I have no idea what this question is. It's actually quite apt, and first of all, this question comes in once again from our good friend Couch. Yes. I think, because he's sent in so many questions... Or I, I literally told him today that we need to have him on the show so we can ask these questions live. Well, that is one thing, yeah, but I, I think <laughs> we need to somehow immortalise him on the show. Um, so I was thinking, instead of saying... You know, should we deal with some questions or whatever it is I say? <laughs> should we go to Couchy's Corner? <laughs> I love it. Either Couchy's Corner or should we go to the couch? Although that does um, sound and, like and, I'm and coming on it, to you. It does, it does. Uh, I like that one. Let's do that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's go. And, just and, and the, the couch is all covered in saran wrap, right? Oh, saran wrap everywhere, just in case. <laughs> yeah. So, Justin, you want to join me on the couch? Yeah, let's go to the couch. Okay, so I've recently started playing Pathfinder Kingmaker on the PS4. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on dedicated video games based around tabletop role-playing games and modules that take everything from the source and try to realise them on the screen? Which mm. is a very appropriate question. It is, actually, considering all the talk about uh, the new Pathfinder game earlier. I think trying to take an actual module and do it like dead on like uh, to to what's in the book is always going to be very difficult in a video game just because the mechanics are so different right the mechanics are um, limited yeah 
And the choices that you can make in a video game to get past like a puzzle or something like that is going to be restricted to what the dev has decided, right? Whereas in any kind of tabletop version of the, of the, the same thing, it's, it's endless, right? You could come up with literally any solution to a problem in a module. And as long as your DM is not, not even flexible enough, that's the wrong word, but open-minded enough, we'll go with, to, to look beyond what's on the, the text in front of them, if it's plausible and it's just something that the devs never thought of, which let's be honest, they're, they're humans, right? They're going to have, when they're writing something like that, they're going to have a solution in mind when they're writing it. But if you come up with something that also works, it would work. <laughs> um, which you're never going to really be able to capture in a video game. Yeah, I mean, that's just it, isn't it? Video games are by definition limited yeah. to their programming. Um, obviously, kind of barring mods and like the modding yeah, course, yeah. and all that. But video games, as produced, as distributed, are limited to what has been put in, the work that exactly, has been put yeah. in. And there are games that have attempted to mm-hmm. to kind of bring the tabletop experience to to the big screen. Big screen, not the big screen. <laughs> the screen in general. Um, so the ones that I'm mostly familiar with are the, the Pathfinder Owlcat games. Mm-hmm. Um, Kingmaker, which is the one that that Couch is 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 currently it's playing. playing. Yeah, it's very good. It's a great game. It is mm. a great fucking game, and they do manage to capture a lot of the Pathfinder experience, especially seeing as they their official release now does have the turn based combat and and etc. And you build a character like you would build him in Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that respect, yeah, they've done well. But for me personally, it doesn't quite scratch the itch. Yeah. That I that I would get playing a, a tabletop role playing game. What yeah. it does do though is it introduces a brand new market to the IP. Yes. Which, if it's a D and D based game, it's going to be D and D. IP. Yeah. If it's Pathfinder, it's going to be Galarian, which is so incredibly rich that it has, and I've seen it happen on the forums and on mm. on the Facebook, like on the different Facebook groups I'm a part of, people have actually been brought into the fold because they've played Pathfinder Kingmaker. Yeah. And I've... that can that can only be a good thing. Yeah, oh absolutely. I, I think... Well, something you said there is kind of I think the the, the key for me is it, it doesn't quite scratch the itch like if you are a tabletop player right playing a video game that tries to be true to the tabletop content you're always going to have something in the back of your head it's like well why not just go play with my actual dice with you know I've got the book I'll just go play it um, which is why I, I always prefer if they set the game in the world right so you, you get used to like some of the law, some of the the setting, stuff like that. But do something a little bit more not original. That, that's that's the wrong word, but it is kind of what I mean. Um, but do do something new with it rather than just rehashing something that already exists. 
um, because it, it's if you've played if you played the book right if it's a module that, that they've already that is that exists you've played the book you're already going to kind of know the game for a start so that kind of ruins that element a little bit for those players if you play the game and then want to get into and, and you, you come the other way it's really good because you start getting used to the systems and stuff like that but I think going the other way you're always going to struggle with it because you're always going to have that little bit that's like yeah but I can just go play just go play it for real um, so I think yeah I think that kind of game is really good for bringing new people to tabletop gaming I don't think it's designed for going the other way for tabletop gamers to go into gaming I get what you mean but I do slightly disagree mm-hmm the again using Kingmaker as an example. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I were to say right, I want to play Kingmaker, that means I've got to make a commitment for a year, mm. maybe even two, depending on the speed um, that the party goes through it. Yeah, yeah, I get, so, I get where you're coming from there. Yeah. So yes, while you can kind of you know, get a hold of the story, you can play the story on the tabletop. It's yeah. a lot more accessible Yeah. In, in, like, video game format because I'm not going to run Kingmaker. <laughs> I'm, you know, it's... Out of all the Pathfinder adventure paths that, that I looked up and, you know, kind of thought about running, Kingmaker wasn't even in the top five. Yeah. I don't know why, I just didn't interest didn't, me. Didn't, didn't resonate, yeah. So, the only way I'm going to experience Kingmaker is either if someone does it as an actual play Yeah. Or if I play the video game. Yeah. Wrath of the Righteous the the other Owlcat Pathfinder game that mm -hmm. came out is based on another adventure path. And the adventure path that it's based on is always kind of slated because that's when they introduced the mythic rules yeah. for Pathfinder, which essentially broke the fucking game. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Already, it was already kind of broken to begin with. Oh, uh, you, <laughs> you, you never played with mythic. No, no, I didn't. Scott did it in his campaign yeah, and no, I know. immediately yeah, fucking I regretted it. Yeah. Um. So that put me off playing that AP, running that AP. Yeah. Kind of, I'm, you know, I don't want to give players mythic and <laughs> just it. I may as well give them the fucking book to read. Yeah. So that is probably the only way I'm going to experience Wrath of the Righteous is by playing the video game. Abomination Vaults, the, the latest one that's coming out, um, that I'm currently playing. And I'm still going to play the video game. Just because I think that AP in particular really lends itself to a hack and slash, mm. and you know, I, I'm, yeah, I definitely think there is a reason or there is a rationale to to kind of going from the tabletop to the video game. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. After what you've said there, I I could definitely see where you're coming from because you don't have to do the commit um, and, and try and get like you know three other people, four other people, five other people to, to make that same commit. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I get I get where you're coming from with that. I think 
I don't know. I think for me, I prefer... It might just be the, the gamer in me, because obviously I, I'm i very... I struggle with change in games. Um, like, for example, in Old School RuneScape, right, which is a, a game I play a lot of, I find it really difficult to go to a different character on that, because... Everything I'm doing, I'm like, well, I'll just go do it on on my main. Why am I playing an old one? I can just go do it on my main. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's it's kind of that same mindset for me. So it might just be like my mindset with it is like, why would I go and play the digital version when I can just play, go play the actual version? But saying that, I did literally stream playing Munchkin um, on Steam, like the Steam version of Munchkin the other day, which is literally the same as the tape, like the board game version, just digitally. Um, so I'm being a massive hypocrite right now. <laughs> well, not re- I mean, because is the Munchkin, um, is that on, what's it called, Tabletop Simulator? Uh, I don't know. So the, the Munchkin I was playing is actually just, it, it's Munchkin Digital. It's just a digital okay. version of the game available on Steam. Um, and it's, it's, it's literally, like, the way it plays and everything is the same as the, the, the board, like the tabletop version yeah. of the board game. Uh, it's exactly the same. The only difference, obviously, is, and I think it's part of the reason that I, I like, kind of went to it, is finding people to play Munchkin with, like at, like you said, you know, it's getting that commit to actually sit down with a group of people and play it. Um, it's quite difficult. Like, I've got a version of Munchkin that I got for my birthday last year, and we're, you know, we're fast approaching my birthday this year, and I've never taken it out of the box because I just don't have people to play it with, right? I've got a Disney version of Munchkin sitting in my kitchen right now, waiting to be played that I've just never had a chance to play. It's just like low-key heartbreaking. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but having having the, the digital version, like you can play against AI, you can play online against like people all over the world and all that sort of thing. And I think it, yeah. So I get I get the, the convenience of it is a lot more beneficial um, to, to kind of get get into things and get through, through things. So yeah, I get where you're coming from with that. It was a really long winded way of saying, yeah, I get where you're coming from. No, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean I've made it no secret that I am not a D&D player. Um, yeah. And I've got... No, I didn't know that about you. No, did you not? Okay, well... <laughs> no, yeah. It's maybe maybe come up at some point. Um, <laughs> and I, my exposure to, to, to D&D and the Forgotten Realms and, and all that is very very limited mm. however i think it is on on xbox you've got neverwinter yes which every now and again i will pick up and play mm. not that i'm particularly interested in <laughs> but it does give me the exposure to some yeah. of wizards of the coast lore yes. if pathfinder kingmaker wrath of the righteous abomination vaults all these games for pathfinder do the same for galarian yeah. Then I can only see it as a good thing. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, th- I think I think for me it's just the the duplication of um, of content essentially is my only real issue with it. Like, I, I would, I personally would prefer to play a new like adventure or a new storyline rather than something that already exists. Like, but I didn't really think about what you would, like what you were saying. Of it's the convenience of experiencing that adventure or that that storyline. Um, I hadn't really thought of it that way, so yeah. So yeah, I think I think there is a place for mm. for how to 
tabletop role-playing game inspired video games. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. There is there's definite there's a definite place for it and you know, we've just been talking about one that we're both going to be playing at some point. Yeah, absolutely I'm playing it. Some hack and slash. Um, the vaults yeah. are awesome by the way. And well, that that that's that's the thing like I the thing I love about that style of game and the fact that you said that the the adventure path they've chosen is a like a dungeon crawly adventure path. I think it's going to be great for that because that that's in those kind of hack and slash games you want that dungeon crawl. Um, you know that's what the like the original Diablo had. Um, Diablo two was great, kind of lost its way on the dungeon crawly element because it was a lot more world exploring. Diablo three I love. Um, I actually love Diablo three and I can't wait for Diablo four. Um, but they they kind of lost their way a bit with the dungeon crawly elements. Um, Although they seem to have found that again with Diablo 4, I'm hoping. Um, but having a, an alternative option in in this new Pathfinder like game will be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, thank you, Couch, for once again for once again saving us <laughs> and giving us something to do. If you have any questions whatsoever, do not hesitate to to send them in. Um, I will post the link to the form in the description of this episode. I will also mm-hmm. give um, post an email address from which you can contact us. Um, I want to thank my co-host Justin for spending some time with me. Yeah. Um, pulling himself away from Coronation News. Oh yeah, it's been riveting. I've, I've definitely had it all over my TV that hasn't been turned on in two days. I've had it um, all over my chest. Um, <laughs> so, um, <sighs> so yeah, thank you very much for, for joining me, Justin. And thank, just thanks to everyone for listening. If yeah. you like what, you li- what you're hearing, please leave a review, leave us a rating. That's how we get more exposure. That's how we get more listeners. And hopefully that's how we can produce more content Justin do you want to tell people where on the interwebs you may be located yes so this will change from the previous episodes I'm, because I have rebranded my online presence I'm excited um, so and yeah again I kept this under wraps I'm so proud of myself I'm doing you've so done well. super well today I'm so good at this now I'm almost a professional uh, <laughs> yes you are <laughs> um, but yeah so the, the new place that you can find me all over the interwebs uh, by all over I mean Instagram Twitter and Twitch um, is Just Inaccurate TV I love it right I love everything about it right I think it's fucking fantastic it took me so long to come up with that is brilliant (laughs) that is absolutely brilliant Um, but yeah I actually did my first Twitch stream uh, last night on the new the new uh, new name and how did it go it went pretty well. Um, it was pretty good. We were, I was playing uh, a game called Prop Knight. Hey. Um, it's basically Prop Hunt where you can hide as like objects in the game. Um, oh, yeah, mi- I've seen mixed that. with yeah, mi- mixed with a game called Dead by Daylight, uh, which is like a survivor versus killer game. So there's yeah. one killer, five, uh, four survivors, um, and you're trying to like repair these generators to power the doors to escape. Um, so it's kind of that element, but in Dead by Daylight, if you get seen, you just have to run away and try and like outplay them. Um, 
Whereas in prop night, you run away and then you try and like turn into something like a prop and just hide like in plain sight. So you'll just be like, your turn is like a lantern and just sit on a table and like hope to fuck they don't see you. But yeah, it's a really fun game. Really, really, really it does fun. sound a load of fun. So yeah, check out Justin's stream. Um, I'm sure you will be entertained. In mm-hmm. in my case, you will be far less entertained. Um, <laughs> but you can find me at Natural Juan on most of the um, social media sites: Twitter, Mastodon, and Instagram. We also now have a Facebook group, which just search for Too Legit to Crip on Facebook, and you will find us. Come join us for any up-to-date news. And other than that, I just want to thank everyone for spending some of their time listening to us. It means the mm. world to me. Which I was very surprised today to find out that people are actually doing. Yeah, it's the <laughs> first time we've actually discussed numbers. Yes, yeah. Up until now, I thought it was literally just like the, the few people that I knew uh, listening. And I found out today that it's not. There is more of you out there. So thank you to all of you. Um because I never thought that anyone would ever actually listen to two idiots talking about nonsense. Well, it, it is a happening. It's weird, I know, but we are being listened to. <laughs> right? Right. It's crazy. It's but, mental. <laughs> so, once again, thank you ever so much for coming and listening to two idiots waffle on about yes. tabletop role playing games. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.